Yeah. I'm eating for company. And welcome to the Pub Yields Podcast. <laughs> nice to have the producer back and take over the, uh, the intros for us. No, uh, for those lovely listeners at home, uh, I'm David Rees. Uh, I'm joined with Jacob Hanley. And after a, a little a little absence, because actually he actually has children and commitments in this world, as opposed to us, we got our lovely producer, Ev, back. You right, Ev? Yeah, good. <laughs> He's a big so, talker. Well then, Ev, what are we drinking tonight? Just <laughs> <laughs> having a pint of vodka, I am. <laughs> oh, you're odd. Do you still down it past for the new Jake, so... <laughs> Can you cut that, please, Mr. Producer? I don't <laughs> want to do that. Right, I'm going to be quiet again. Uh, how are we doing, Jake? Yeah, not bad, Dio, thanks. Yeah, not too bad. I don't know, I'm feeling a lot better about myself now. The days are drawing out, sun's in the sky, the grass is growing, the rain stopped. Life's looking good. You've booked AGM, man. I've booked AGM, yeah. <laughs> I knew uh, I knew it had to be something. I don't know. I um, I, well, I've told you this already, but Ev, listen to this. I, I booked AGMs. I, I I went on Booking.com, found this hotel right by the strip, booked twenty five lads, all done online. Tick tick tick. Card details gone. Anyway, thought it was all done and dusted. Put in the group chat. Nice one, boys. All sorted. See you there. Anyway, but an hour later, I get this phone call off this unknown number. I answer it. It's a scouser. I, I wish I could do accents to do his accent, but I I can't. The scouts are going, eh, have you have you just booked online? I was like, yeah. You're not bloody farmers, are you? Yeah. Ah, oh, no chance, mate. No, cancel it. Cancel it now. I'm not having you. I don't want to. I don't want it. I was like, oh, what, really? And he's like, what are you, 25 blogs? Yeah, no chance, mate. Nah, nah, delete it. So I had to go on booking.com, delete our um, booking and go find someone else. Like, blog's been shut for 12 months. You'd think it'd be grateful. Uh, Liverpool have just, you know, they've just lost the Premier League title again. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, last year he would have had you without a shadow of a doubt, you know, but... Yeah, he's just bitter. He's, he's bitter. Yeah, he's bitter now, isn't he? So, are you going, Jake, or...? Uh, I don't know, I'll wait and see. I, to be honest, I'll probably just sleep on the floor in your room. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's a point. Like, you, a lot of people, let's wait and see. Like, we booked these hotels, and all of a sudden, like, there's boys in the group going, I die, you're going to organise a bus, or die, you're going to organise tops. I was like, right, well... Calm we down. live in different parts of the country for starters. I was like, right, calm down. It only became legal to sit on a bench last week. I am as keen as mustard to go, but will it be I on? Just, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Is it going to be on? I honestly, if it's on, absolutely incredible because I think Christmas time, no one would have envisaged this vaccine rollout to work as well as it has. And right, no one... they got bloody sheep farmers doing these vaccines. Or what? They're bloody flying through them. But it, it must be sheep farmers doing a thousand a day and checking tits and teeth as they go through the race. You know you know what's going to happen, don't you, Beth? Go on. All the old people will be able to go to Blackpool, but you're yeah. going to be in the yeah. 25 <laughs> and under category. Like, so, you've you know, the Have you like... seen this, right? This year, um, a lot of European countries are only allowing holidaymakers as long as they've had their vaccine. So, like, Mallorca or, like, Magaluf is just going to be full of 60-plus-year-olds. So, like, not only have we been shielding for 12 months to protect them, now they're all going to piss off to Ibiza without us. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. Hey, uh, how close are you to Lamy now, Jake? Uh, next week. Yeah, next week. So, about seven sleeps. 
by counting sleeps. Yeah, we're on nine. We're two days after you, by the sounds of it. I suppose it'd be quite nice for you to actually touch some funny for once. <laughs> oh, God, that's, that's a very funny joke. <laughs> funny because it's true. That's what makes everything so funny about your life. People think we're taking the mick out of you, you know, just for good quality content. But, you know, we're actually just stating some facts that happen. It's, it's, it's good, really, for the listeners to get a real understanding of what life is like as diaries. Karaoke King. Yeah, well, uh, I, was, I was saying this to someone the other day, like, I could have written an autobiography at 22. Mate, you could have, and it would have been riveting. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> riveting. You know, oh, I could just imagine. Oh, you look at your phone, you can hear an alarm going off at half four. Oh, it's just your dad going to milk the cow. So you roll over in bed, another couple of hours in bed. It could be <laughs> like that for 300 and we'll say, since you've been home anyway, 345 days of the year. What do you reckon, Mr. Producer? Uh, no, more interesting. What am I doing? What do you reckon I'm doing these 20, 20 days of the year that I do get up at? Driving around Harper so you can think of old times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do like to have my half four alarm on when in half, just in case I wake up in the wrong room and need to uh, make an emergency evacuation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is that? Where, where were we? Uh, obviously, pre-COVID, whatever. Um, when um, we all slept on a sofa, and my half four alarm just went off for like two, three hours straight. And oh, I, mate, had- I, you're a fucking knob. Every <laughs> single time we go away, stag dudes. We're in Magaluf. And we were actually out trying on the way back to the hotel, like half four in the morning. All you guys, because you got a really loud, aggressive ringtone that sounds like a bloody. Some people. The worst thing is when you sleep through it, and all of us can't find your fucking phone. Like, yeah, I wake up at like eight o'clock and I'm bruised. I'm like, where the hell am I bruised? And I realise because I've had three hours. Boys punching me, like, put it off, put it off. Yeah. But die, don't lie. It's just because we all nicked you, didn't the money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting wet willies in Magaluf. Like. <laughs> oh, as long as that's the only willie you had out there, you had a successful weekend, mate. I tell you what, that's a story we haven't even told yet. Is that in Magaluf? Like? Uh, I don't think the listeners will want to hear about Magaluf. No, I, I'm, I'm not telling anyone that. Like, yeah. Anyway, mate, deny, deny, reaccuse. Deny, deny, deny reaccuse. But no, just you've just mentioned Magluf now, and I, I just went straight to the. Pe- we're not telling it, but the pedal story. Oh, with those fucking. Let's stop, because I can't go in. No, wow. no, 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 no. Like, I, like, yeah. up, let's just say someone had a brainwave. To I think it might be me because I was quite bored lying on the. Oh, beach. Jake, Jake, Jake. We're not telling that story. No, we're not. We're not going anywhere. No, either. like there's only so much bleeping I can do on this bloody. Yeah, hey, I was literally just going to say about the <laughs> being. F- I suppose it's not the funny bit of the story, really. No, is this really? Mate, the <laughs> sh- is this a fun- oh, wait, Do you remember the <laughs> are the little <laughs> as well? Yeah. So you had these <laughs> trying to <laughs> this, and you just had <laughs> squid down the. <laughs> no, what was funny was. <laughs> was like so hungover you was still half pissed and they went past us he's those in London and it was yeah this one right here goes out to all the babies mamas 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 
<laughs> Baby mamas, mamas. Yeah, go like this. Hello and welcome to the Pub Yields podcast with me, David Rees. Me, Jacob Anthony. And our guest this week, Mr. Steve Rogers. Bloody hell, Steve, what's that on your face? <laughs> <laughs> I did go and try to shave it off. Yeah, a bit, I, of, bit of bum fluff, eh? And I, I, took, I took a bit out of the middle and then realised how many chins I had and I thought, oh, I'm going to leave that back on. <laughs> Uh, look, this is just for radio anyway, mate, so you don't need to worry. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Rogers. And uh, just saying it, I've realised that Steve Rogers is the, um, the name of uh, Captain America, isn't it? Yeah. It's surprising not many people know that. Aye, that's, that's such a virgin thing to say, mate. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, the last person that said to me, like, he was like this fat kid with glasses, a like, proper nerdy looking one. <laughs> Uh, I, I just love a pub quiz, so i got to get my trivia up. Oh, fuck off, mate. You just watch Avengers every night of the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you want to come out on Saturday for a beer? I can't. Avengers is on again. It's the cabinet in his room with all those action figures on. <laughs> <laughs> have, you seen, uh, have you seen 40-Year-Old Virgin? No, I haven't. Well, that reference I've, would be I've... absolutely no use to you then, anyway. <laughs> no, but basically, uh... Die's life. Yeah. So this is going to be fun. It's going to be bully diaries for half hour, is it? Or what's what's the crack? <laughs> no, I think I think anyway. Moving on from bullying diaries because you know we have got a reputation to maintain that we are you know have we? a respectable sort of podcast. Who, who's told you that? Um. Yeah, you're right. Fuck it. Never mind. <laughs> fucking virgin. But, um. <laughs> no. Anyway, Steve. More importantly, what are you drinking, mate? Um. I got the. Henry Weston's vintage on. It's not quite the strong one. It's not the 8.2, it's a 7.3. I'm on black sheep. I'm still working my way through the real cheap and nasty red wine from the YFC raffles. <laughs> Joys of being chairman and having all the, uh, all the gifts in the house, isn't it? <laughs> we had some do when I was chairman and uh, we were going to have a raffle, but Jake will tell you, I'm a miserable bastard. I hate the idea of raffles. I think it's just a waste of time. And nobody wants to be stood in silence doing the raffle when they're with someone they haven't seen for a couple of weeks. They just want to talk to them. So, anyway, so what I thought, what I said uh, I'd do, people buy raffle tickets, we pull them out, and we'll just sell or tape the winning raffle ticket to the prize. And as you walk out, you just take your winning prize because, you know, let's save some bloody time, is it? I announced that to everyone. This is what we're going to do. Clearly no one listened because at the end of the night, everyone had gone and we were sweeping up and there was still like 15 raffle prizes left. So that's what I mean when we just bunged them all in the back of the truck. You know? <laughs> Crack on. And I remember someone must have uh, donated a, a, to, to one of the raffles with the young farmers. And then it was like Christmas time or whatever. And I thought, oh, what did he do? That? Oh, he did, like helped us out throughout the year. And I remember giving them... Uh, like a bottle of wine to say thank you like Christmas time and he said this is the fucking bottle of wine I gave the raffle the other week <laughs> <laughs> so should we, should we get the podcast back on uh, back on track yeah because we have got a guest maybe we should stop talking Jake and let him talk so then Steve tell us a little bit about 
who you are and where you come from. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> was born into a farming family, um, obviously. Um, started off at school and I wasn't really sure what to do. Um, I didn't really fancy A-levels because I didn't like the work. So sort of cracked on, thought, good art, Brie, get me load all certificate and me chainsaw certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's about all I really got from them. Uh, I got an STI, but... I didn't even get one of those, so... <laughs> When we say uh, when we say we go away to get letters after our name, we don't mean BSC, we mean STT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember the best thing about Arbury, we had one of these um, block meetings in the third year. There was always different subjects. It was fire safety or something like that. It was what it was sexual health. And they were there saying, well, Hartbury College is the top in the country for chlamydia and everyone cheered we finally won something <laughs> you just said that was the sort of college it was yes so anyway harpery college you would have been there with our very own mr anthony yeah yeah i remember the first week there and you think you're the big boy don't you you, you rock in and you're like oh yeah i got 700 acres and you and all this sort of all this jazz you know there's this one welsh lad he was like oh i got a windmill i got a fucking windmill <laughs> 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 who's Alan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hartbury, I think, was probably one of the best things I did. Like, I think I probably would have gone somewhere anyway, whether it was uni or, or abroad or anything like that. But to go into somewhere different where everyone's got the same, the same sort of thoughts, like speaking to farmers and, and find out what they've got and, and what different things they're doing and what things they're doing the same. You realise that there's other people there that have got the same problems as well. I think whatever you do, as long as you go away and meet people, you get a hell of a way ahead, just especially in farming. You've got to leave the farm and do something. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, ma- it's making those contacts as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, I always find it heartbreaking. Like it, it was all perfect on paper, wasn't it? Like, you know, like when you did your dairy thing and they said oh yeah if you're gonna put up cattle housing it's got to be like this and it's got to be like that but it's like you know that that's not the situation at home you know that you're not going to just knock down your sheds and rebuild it the way it's meant to be and you've got to sort of work with what you've got at home and you so you can 100 percent. there's a big difference with these colleges and universities they've got a big old budget to throw at stuff it doesn't have to pay for itself really does it which is a big difference yeah i'll be just put another parlor in and they I think they put a parlour in about two or three years before we started and they've just gone and ripped that out and put a new one in and yet at home we're still milking from the same parlour we bought in the 80s. Who's the herdsman there now then, Steve? Do you know the herdsman now? Because uh, no. the herdsman, I take it, isn't there anymore because he was a naughty boy. Well, I wouldn't say he was a naughty boy. <laughs> I think he, <laughs> he just had a change of plan, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, a very big change of plan. He decided to get someone in our class pregnant, didn't he? <laughs> 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 to so, be fair though they had left college by the time that happened <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't wasn't during the yeah, during well, the college course <laughs> yeah, to be fair she wasn't like 16 and they were on dairy duties like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i suppose in our regards to be fair to them but no he, i gotta be fair though cracking herds man i learned a lot from him you know i'm not a dairy boy at all but my duties i learned quite a lot about the black and whites 
yeah, to be fair, the, the miserable sort of farm staff were usually the best to learn from, but you never enjoyed it because the, the staff there were like fucking kids. Where do you go in your middle of place, man, then, Steve? Uh, so I went down to Essex, um, decided to go sort of mechanical side of things. I went down to a, well, they were originally a de- uh, Fent dealership. They'd lost the Fent agency and who was sort of JCB Fast Tracks when I was there, which was, which was quite interesting, but, you know, still doing a lot of the sort of mechanics on the fence tractors and then like the occasional sort of demonstration with a, with a fast track or such I joined young farmers down in Essex um which you know I, you never know with young farmers you just think oh I'll join them and see what it's like and it's surprising how much sort of relates to back at home and like meeting a few different people like to be fair they all called me Taffy even though I'm from Hereford they thought that was close enough to Wales to call me Taffy <laughs> <laughs> Or what do they call us, son, Steve? Probably Irish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I took along with me the, the fake ID that I was sorted out with at my first year of college. Uh, who sorted that out for you, Steve? <laughs> oh, a couple of Welsh boys who knew a man about a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I loved, the first night we took them all out, wasn't it? We, it was it one of the last weeks of, of our first year. We were all about 16, 17, like. Yeah. <laughs> With the uni in Arbury, and uh, we were bricking ourselves really that these fake IDs weren't going to work. And what added, you know, rubbed a bit of salt into the wounds, uh, you know, insult to the injury was the fact that they didn't even check our ID when we went in through the doors, did they? Yeah. <laughs> less money. We didn't even get ID'd once. I, uh, I remember <laughs> back in the day when we used to use uh, fake IDs, and they say, Well, what's your address? Uh, 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 you know, because like they're, they're testing to check it's yours. So I remember we used to sit in the back of the taxi going, First of the third, 1993. First of the third, 1993. <laughs> Trying to remember the date. And then it'd be like, one white chapel, flank and hide my stick. One white chapel. Like, and then, like you say, you'd get there, you'd give these ideas, go, uh, and you go, fella. Oh, God, that was a waste of time. Well, please check my ID. It was almost <laughs> like that was. <laughs> one of the trips my girlfriend said that when she was working on the bar, she used to ask, What's your star sign? Because everyone would memorize everything on that thing, but they wouldn't know what star sign they were meant to be. And just as long as I gave her an answer, she'd be fine. She'd be I'll, be honest, yeah, I'll be honest with you, Captain America. I'm 25 and I don't know what my star sign is. Do you, Jake? I am Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're going to have a good month. <laughs> Fortune is in your favour. <laughs> Some mercury in your anus, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm January 17th. What would I be? I don't know, mate. Not a clue. You were probably uh, born year of the rat. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. No, year of the snake. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Classic by day. Snake life. <laughs> when we went back for the third year, you actually became chairman of Harbury YFC, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I think it was more. No one else wanted to do it. Well. Hell of a county, wasn't it? it was a good old county, and we had some good times. And you put on some good dues, to be fair to you, Steve. The sevens with the rugby, that, that was a hellish experience you sorted out for us, Steve, because we didn't enter a lot of competitions, did we? But yeah, that, that was a good laugh. The county sevens tournament in Gloucestershire, you know, it was decent. And then the southwest area was pretty high standard, and how we managed to go down there and win. But to be fair, I don't think we. we... Lived the full week, Southwest weekend to its to its full degree, did we? And I suppose to be fair, like like you say, 
at this time, we all thought we were sports boys. Half of us that were playing for the Ags team, rugby team. Anyway, yeah. we all rocked up in flip flops, you know, with the puppy shakes and stuff. So we all thought we were the boys. Anyway, everyone yeah. else had been on a piss all weekend. We went yeah. down there, didn't we? Puppy yeah. shakes hand. Everyone else had like a can of car. No wonder, no wonder we were winning like fifty nil on a sevens match. Like, and it was. <laughs> yeah, the rest of them so, were yeah, smoking on the sideline and drinking cans. <laughs> No one needs to know that. I know what situation they've been in. When I've tried, you know, having a few beers and then trying to play up a Royal Welsh, it's not very nice. Die seen me get lifted in the line out. Not a good experience, is it, Dai? Mate, it's hilarious. But to be fair, I was playing scrum half all game. I've never been lifting the line out in my life. And we had someone injured and they said, Jake, we'll chuck you up. Well, I've never been lifted. I'm only about five foot bloody nine, like. And they tried oh. lifting me in a line out. Even funnier was uh, one year, right? So I'd been in... Um... Been in members all day, and I was uh, they were they played about I don't know six o'clock. I was absolutely hammered, and I said I'd be water boy. <laughs> so there was a break in play, so I run on and I give out seven bottles of water to everyone individually, and I run back <laughs> off. And then the referee blew his whistle to play on, but every Clamorgan player just had a bottle of water in there. <laughs> you were the best water boy. We were hydrated. I had I fair play. Yeah. <laughs> Jake told me that uh, you organised a weekend away in Paris for them, the boys, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, well, I think it all sort of came came about from the college decided there'd be no longer any more trips. And we were all sort of pretty ready for the sort of annual trip to, I think they went to Paris one year and Italy the other year, like, depending on what show was on. So we'd go to Paris to see the SEMA show. So we, yeah, me and Matic got together and put the paperwork together and sorted everyone's passports out, organised a coach, everything like that. And yeah, eventually we all went to Paris. I remember the night before I, I was a little bit worse for wear. I mean, we had a fair few beers before. I can't remember what happened. What did we do, Jake? It was Toby's birthday, it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember finishing his dirty pint for him. I'm, I'm not quite sure what situation I was in. I think, I think I'd upset some girl that night or something. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I never upset any girls back in Apple. <laughs> there was some sort of rough stuff in that point. There were peanuts and everything. I think. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Steve, everyone seen Toby try and do his Boris Bell, so they'll <laughs> believe you. Even if it was just a normal pint, what it would have been like. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it was pretty right. It was like a, it was like there was a fair few spirits in it, and then you were like, "Oh yeah, let's chuck some peanuts in," and there was all sorts in it. I remember, I remember he wouldn't drink it, and he said, "Oh, is anyone else going to do it?" And I was. In that sort of a state, I thought, yeah, I'll finish that off. Alarm went off, obviously missed it. I think we had to go at like two in the morning or something like that to catch his bus. I ended up waking up to someone smacking on the door, like, we're going to Paris. <laughs> so we all jumped in the bus, like, all pretty rough. I don't remember much of the bus journey down to down to the Euro Tunnel. But yeah, we, rock, we rocked up and got into, got into Paris in this nice posh hotel. To be to be fair, this um, there, there was one thing we've missed there, Steve. We all a bit of a tradition in Arbury that we all actually have to bleach our hair to go on this annual oh, trip. Yes. So we all look like Eminem, really, with you know proper bleach blonde hair. And this hotel in Paris, well, it wasn't quite. I wouldn't exactly call it posh, to be honest, Steve. <laughs> bear in mind, we'd all been on you know the bus now was it 14, 15 hours by the time we'd left Harbury. We'd, you know, decide to have a few beers once we get the Euro 10 on you. It's like, we're lads on tour. But, you know, having a few beers. Stopped in Cali, you know, we're like in the duty to get a bit of, um in the big warehouses there. So I did, thought it'd be funny to buy some firecrackers, throw oh, firecrackers. Yes. <laughs> we thought we were the boys. We turned up in this place that, with all, with all due respect, I can only call it like, um, well, 
I don't really know how what would be a politically correct way to call this area of Paris, but boys with bleach blonde hair, um, looking like neo-Nazis turning up wasn't quite the right environment for that. So we stood out like a sore thumb. Remember again off the minibus and we were all decided to put again poor Toby. He was wearing a hood at the time. We decided to put a firework in his hood. I don't know why we thought that was funny. And this was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon here in Paris. And uh, that went off and everyone started running and screaming down the street. So, um, yeah, I think that just sort of summed up the area. It was that they were kind of used to um, loud explosions, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gunshots going off really i suppose um, how, how none of us got arrested like that was <laughs> that's the bigger thing how none of us got stabbed let alone arrested yeah. yeah so first night there we decided we'd all what do we do we all went into into paris we yeah we went in there was no there's no they're not very good nightlife in paris really is there to be perfectly yeah, honest no. we tried to find <laughs> some bar stuff so we couldn't find any bars, but Steve managed to locate, you know, as tour organizer where the red light district was. So we just followed him. He was like the pipe pipe, and we were all just following him with our bleach blonde M and M. Yeah, just put his nose in the air and sniffed it out. Didn't follow me, boys. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we went into into Pig Al and um, made acquaintance with a few ladies. Pig Al, that's it. I remember that. Pig Al. <laughs> So, Steve, what's uh, what's the setup at home? You've mentioned it, but uh, what's the farm at home? Yeah, so we got about seven hundred acres. Um, it's all all mixed dairy and beef, sort of running alongside each other. So all the beefs out of out of the dairy, if that makes sense. We got a herring and bull, and we fatten them right through. Uh, we never used to, but we got sort of shut down with TB around two thousand and two, and like, we sort of realised that we might as well just keep everything on. It sort of worked out quite well. Um, then we got all the sort of arable feeds into that. That's where it's fairly sort of self-sufficient in a way. Um, we grow everything for for the cattle at home, which works works pretty well at the moment. Like uh, we're organic, so buying in organic feed is bloody expensive sometimes. Um, so we push on with that, um, you know. It's, and then we try and do everything ourselves as well. The only thing we have contractors in for, um, as such, is is beet. We grow a bit of beet and then. Have a contractor into well, he plants it and he lifts it. Most other things we do ourselves, and then um, over winter we have a couple of thousand tax sheep uh, down off the, the sort of Radnorshire hills to graze turnips and remove the grassland. So yeah, it all sort of fits in fairly well together, but it's just a hell of a lot all to do at the same time. Proper mixed unit then, the home Steve. There's uh, not many farms would have so many different uh, enterprises going on, so many eggs in so many different baskets, would they? Yeah, well, it's it's not too bad. Doesn't it? It, I think some days it works well, and some days you sort of wish that you just specialise in one thing and yeah, and sort of work off it. Um, I started a bit of veg this year as well, which you know, we've always grown a few Swedes. I've sold those for several years now. We've been selling Swedes, and I thought because of lockdown, we sort of went into doing doing a few more different veg. I planted a few parsnips and things, and a couple of wholesalers came and. Because whereabouts in Herefordshire are you situated, Steve? I always think if you was being Ross on Y, would that be right? Yeah, so I'm, we're sort of smack in the middle. If you if you drew between Ross, Hereford, and Ledbury, sort of smack in the middle of there. You'd know Dye's mate then, would you? You'd know Tom Price, would you, Steve? He wouldn't be far from you, would he? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, a friend, good friend of mine, a young farmer, actually works for um, Price's 
I met Russell a few times at different NFU events and went up to the NFU conference with Russell. It was, yeah, he's quite entertaining to be fair to him. Mm. Was that the conference I seen you at, Steve? Yeah, probably. I've only been to one, so yeah. No. That was it. Uh, my, my night started off really well. My night was, I was on a table with like Dan Lydiat and I was in a round with him. When we went to walk about next door, I ended up in a round with Reese Edwards, Steve Rogers and Kamath and John. So. <laughs> I was bloody rough that night. Like, <laughs> I remember like waking up to throw up a couple of times because I was, I don't know what we drank all together, but we just well, kept going at it. I, I remember grinding on Leslie Griffiths, you know, the Minister Frag in Wales, like, so <laughs> that's how my night was going. <laughs> no wonder she's introduced NVZs. <laughs> uh, she do anything to stop getting fertiliser everywhere. <laughs> That was that was a good do actually. I went. I remember going up. I went on the train and I was there reading through. You know, they send you the sort of lit- literature. I was reading reading that on the train up, and I looked down and it said "smart dress code." And I thought, "Shit, I left my suit at home." <laughs> I hadn't got anything. And I was thinking, "Oh my god!" I like I had a tie. I I, I always put a tie in, but I, otherwise I just had shirt and jeans. And I was thinking, "Shit, well I can't get away with just putting a tie on and pretending that I'm smart when I'm still wearing jeans." So straight after the conference, I ran into Birmingham, found some, I think it was British Heart Foundation, found a charity shop, found a suit in just about my size, got that, went back, put it on, and it was perfect. I still wear it now. <laughs> Best suits I got. I think it was 25 quid I paid for it. Yeah, you'd get on well with Steve. I mean, you'd do it. I remember being uh, three quarters of the way to Shropshire Chairman and realising I didn't have any shoes. <laughs> so just uh, pulling over the hard shoulder on the motorway, going to a services and trying to find black shoes in a services. Oh, God. Herefordshire, massive YFC county, and you've gone, well, very far up the ladder with the young farmers, haven't you? Yeah, well, I've, I've done my bit, I suppose. Because I was Harvey chairman, I came back sort of into Herefordshire and yeah, did competitions chairman and, and then county vice and then county chairman. I think county chairman was probably one of the best things I ever did. And I think you think it's so far away when you're sort of a club member that actually when you get involved with everyone and you, you know two or three people from each club and as long as you support them, they'll rock up to your dues and Mm. Like you just need that sort of friendship and you're happy to talk to them and you, you never think you're above anyone. Fair, fair play, Steve. Um, I'm sure both me and Di will, uh, will agree on this one. You did put on a pretty good chairman's ball because both of us actually attended that, didn't we, Di, at uh, Steve's farm? May you, you talked about members, members. You were looking at two prime examples. Yeah, I'll drive to bloody Shropshire <laughs> to help a mate out who's organising a do. Yeah, I, I'm quite glad you two turned out. Like, just, just seeing someone like come that far for it. We had something on the night before we had, so yeah. I remember Bungalow was there uh, chatting up some bird and uh, she said, oh, what do you do? He said, oh, I'm a farmer. And she sa- he said, oh, what do you do? And she said, oh, I'm an accountant. And quick as a flash, she said, I got a number you can have. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see him the rest of the night. He was just necking her on the dance floor. <laughs> But I, I also remember what that do is um, they run out of like lager and cider pretty early. So it was like, I don't know, only like 11 o'clock. And we were like, round of Baileys? Yeah, round of Baileys. And we were just drinking. Well, we went on. We were like, oh, we'll have vodka lemonade. Oh, we haven't got that. We've only got um, 
But they have like Jack and Jack Daniel, some sort of whiskey. So we're having like whiskey yeah. and lemonade. They run out of that. And then, like you say, it's like 11 o'clock. We're like, oh, what have you got? They're like, oh, we got Bailey's. Like, give me a. Yeah. They run out of, they run out of um, black currant and they started offering port and cider. Oh, <laughs> Instead yeah, yeah. of cider and black, it's like, oh, do you, do you want a shot of port with it? <laughs> Turn it the right colour. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, same colour, it don't really matter then, yeah. does it? Well, I did a bit of uh, a stint on the bar, like, towards the end of the night. And, like, people were asking for stuff, and, like, you'd go around and you'd pull on the taps and it'd be dry, and you'd be like, for fuck's sake, what you more to more? Like, yeah. I remember going out to the trailer and looking to see if there was anything in the trailer, and there's, like, we'd literally run through everything. The highlight of my night um, was uh, we'd booked into a Premier Inn in Wijik, in the middle of Hereford, like yeah. right in the middle. You realise how far away you actually Hereford is a pretty big county. You're quite far from Hereford. Yeah, it's about <laughs> half an hour. Yeah, we didn't realise that. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, we were booked into this Premier Inn in the middle of Hereford, and there were five of us. We'd booked a room for five, but of course Johnny had brought his lovely lady. So of course now we were six, not five. So they so the the woman in the Premier Inn wouldn't let us go up. And we were like, ah, oh. so we were arguing to and fro and look, let us just buy another room. And she was like, ah, oh, no, 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 that. Oh, it was like 100 quid. Just let us sleep on the floor, whatever. No, no, no. So anyway, I just remember saying in the end, you five go up. I saw a, I saw a 24-hour Sainsbury's uh, on the way in with the taxi. I'll just walk over there and I'll just walk around. You know me, Jacob, a bit of a tramp, and I? And, well, you're not just a bit of a tramp, mate. You know, you... <laughs> Bloody, yeah, I'd, I don't want to say too much, but, you know, Jeremy Corbyn would bloody house you. He'd feel that sorry for you on a night out. It's like a Royal Welsh. I pay for a caravan. I never really stay in it. <laughs> yeah, but that's because it's tapping season for you. you know, it's the only time the rest of you. You're a massive virgin, but, you know, four days on the Royal Welsh, you're tapping everything. Man, I love the smell of rattle. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I love the smell of gog. <laughs> anyway, um, so anyway, I, I, I said to John, I was like, oh, all right. keep me blush. <laughs> yeah, too shy, too shy. So anyway, I was like, "You five crack on." I've seen that twenty-four-hour Sainsbury's. I'll go walk. I'll just walk up and down the aisles, walk around and round and round. Just you know, at least it's gonna be warm and dry. Anyway, I get to the twenty-four-hour Sainsbury's and realize as I go up to the doors that it's not a twenty-four-hour Sainsbury's. It's just Sainsbury's that leaves all its lights on. So I was like, "Oh shit." So anyway, I went and completely engaged tramp mode, just in my, still in my tuck, still in my black shoes with the dicky bone. And I just curled up into a ball by the uh, the trolleys, you know, like the trolley place where you push a pound going in and the, put the trolley. I just crawl up, it curl up into a ball and start lying there. Anyway, as you can imagine, in the freezing cold, I very quickly sobered up. And it was like four in the morning. I was sleeping, you know, trying to sleep by some trolleys in <laughs> outside of Sainsbury's in Hereford. And two things dawned to me. A, what the hell am I doing? And B, I paid 80 bloody quid for that room in Premier Inn. <laughs> so anyway, I march all the way back up, march all the way back to the hotel. And when I get there, the bloody blue and whites were there when they jig. <laughs> they've called the police on you. Oh, mate, shit themselves they did. They, you know, when I go into my Hulk mode, you know what happens, isn't it? Yeah, well, what I heard happened, I wasn't there, but what I heard happened was a squad car turned up, it was just two bobbies, and when they got there, they realised it was Jake Bandy, so they immediately called for assistance, and then the riot van had to come there and have all the bloody shield up. Oh, that sounds nothing like I Jacob. I don't think it was quite, it wasn't quite like that, but yeah, it makes a good story anyway, if we exaggerate a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> so, I love the truth going the way, Jake. Yeah, but anyway, the police did turn up, so I did be then when they came. Yeah. <laughs> uh. What do you think Young Farmers is? 
role is in this new climate and how do you see it surviving? I, I don't really know. Like, Young Farmers has always been, I suppose, since, since I sort of got involved. Their sort of strap line has been, well, you don't need to be a farmer to be a young farmer. And I hate that. Can I just start by saying I hate that strap line? I think they've sort of tried to push themselves, like especially over the past sort of 10 years, to sort of the more sort of youth group style thing. Mm. And they don't really care who's involved, just as long as they've got the members. And like, I don't think it's got too bad yet, but I can see that maybe in, in a few years' time, if it carried on the same way, like they could end up sort of trying to tick so many boxes that they've forgotten about the people that were the members beforehand. And I think a lot of it as well is that the people making the big decisions, they themselves aren't from farming backgrounds, so they, they seem to slowly drift away from the core principles that the organisation was built on in the first place. You've got to sort of be quite careful as a county to make sure that you've got the right people there, that you're putting in the right positions, that they're actually going to go and vote on things. I think the main issue with council is there's a lot of people that go on it just to try and get to a higher place. And I think if there were more people representing the members, we'd see a hell of a difference in the way councils run. There was a, a member that was, he was quite involved with National. Um, but he was there representing his county. And on behalf of his county, he put forward a motion. And I remember I was, I think I was the row behind him. He put forward this motion and then he voted against it. And I sort of realised then that there's not everyone is actually up there to represent the people that have put them in their place. Yeah. And I think that worried me a lot. Um, but I think there is a lot of good as well that happens at National that, that I suppose doesn't get fed back the other way then. Yeah, I, I completely agree with a lot of what you've said there, Steve, as I'm sure a lot of people will. There is an awful lot of good done in Young Farmers. I personally feel that Young Farmers definitely gone away from their core and seems to be going away from the farming members and the farming membership. Um, I, don't, I don't want to get too political because, like I say, there's some incredible people involved in the hierarchy of national, of Wales, of county level, right throughout the country. But there's also some people involved in it, not necessarily listening to the members because they're in a position of power. They almost treat it like a slight dictatorship. They don't actually want to listen to the floor and listen to the ground and listen to the members. Like you just hit the nail on the head there with that story of the gentleman that was supposed to be representing his county yet he was voting against what his county wanted. Well, I think that is very common throughout the country when it comes to young farmers. I find it just disheartening because like, just as a general member, if you feel really strongly about something, there's so much hierarchy red tape to get through to actually get anything done. I just personally think, what's the point? So like, like a big issue I have since becoming chairman, I really don't think that the age range is fit for purpose anymore. Like, the idea of 10 to 26, I think, is ludicrous. Well, I've always thought it was ludicrous. Since becoming chairman, I've it's been exacerbated by the idea of, like, as a 25-year-old with absolutely no training or qualifications in any form of childcare or whatever, just by the flick of a hat, I was expected to babysit 10-year-olds. I think in terms of insurance, it must be an absolute minefield why an issue hasn't been raised before. But... 10 to 26, I imagine when it was instigated, however many tens of years ago, was a good idea. They thought, right, 
10 to 26, that's eight years before 18 and eight years after 18. It's a real nice balance, brilliant. But of course, the problem is now, practically everyone between the ages of 18 to 22 goes to uni. So now you've got this imbalance of 10 to 18, eight years, and 22 to 26, four years. You've got half as many members over 18 as you have under 18. I've always thought 14 to 30 is a much better age range. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it's, if, if you've got a problem with it, you've got to take that problem. I think, you know, National Council a little bit, and you sort of realise that actually the, the reason that a lot of these things are happening is because the people who feel like they're not being represented sort of don't give a shit. They're sort of like, oh, young farmers don't care about me, so I'm going to shut off from it. And I think that's that sort of vicious cycle, really, because... You know, if you don't like the way things are happening, you've got to say that you don't like things the way they're happening and you've got to put yourself forward. You know, you've got to make changes like um, one of the national vices, um, Ed Dungate, and he's sort of come from a different angle. He, he decided to join National and because he wasn't happy with the way things were run. Speaking to him, he sees a lot of it from a different light now. I think he realises that they are trying to do a lot more to help than you see at club level. Young Farmers is brilliant and you've just bigged up. What what I think is good, Steve, about that is the fact that you were coming in from a complete farmer's point of view as well. And 100% that's where it's supposed to be because Young Farmers got so much good. It's such an important organisation. Hell of a lot of life skills, but most importantly, I have made some incredible friends and incredible associates like you as well, Di. I don't know, the security, it needs to be there in the future because I want my kids to go to Young Farmers, you know? Yeah. So what's what's your views on the old... um, AGM escapade because oh. that is uh, <laughs> from, a, from a personal point of view I was absolutely gutted at the time and I did think to myself what the hell have YFC done they shot themselves in the foot this is horrendous how dare they after going on the uh, DIY AGM I don't want them to reinstate it it was a lot cheaper for me and it was a, it was a lot more fun to be honest yeah I, I think they sort of forgot um, about their members a little bit and I remember sitting in the meeting after they cancelled it, when we we sort of proposed a vote of no confidence, and and I think there were things, there were definitely things that happened on that last AGM that that weren't very they good were for the unacceptable, for, really. Yeah, they weren't good for the the image of YFC, but I'm not 100 percent sure whether they were as bad as they say. I remember sitting in the national council meeting, and they were sort of saying. We can't tell you about some of the things that happened because they're that bad. And I was sort of like, well, if they were that bad, why didn't you just report it to the police? Like, mm. you know, like there's levels, isn't there? Like, I think there was something said about someone um, indecently exposing himself in front of people that he shouldn't have done, <laughs> which I, I know would probably would have happened. That, was it you, Jacob? That, no, it wasn't me, but it was a Glamorgan boy. <laughs> but it wasn't me. <laughs> I do know the boy in question. Can you remember who it was, that? Yep, I'm saying nothing. Yep, they're staying quiet. We're not going to say anything about <laughs> and his dick. Whoop, sorry, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there was, a, there was a certain level of that where if that's the worst thing, and I know it's, it's not a good thing, I mean, it's not good for the image of young farmers, and, but I don't really see how the rest of us could sort of pay the price for that and I think they sort of forgot what the AGM is to so many people like I remember speaking to a a member that was about 10 years older than me 
And he said to me that AGM was the light at the end of the tunnel for lambing. Yeah. And like, I'm not really a sheep farmer, so I never really realised that. Like, um, what the disease was now that was around that time that was... Smallenberg, was it? Smallenberg, that was the one. That was causing a lot of abortion in lambing and, and things like that. And you sort of realise that a lot of people had a very shit time in lambing. And just something at the end of that tunnel, you know, once April's out of the way, we'll have AGM and we'll we'll get on the piss and life will be good. There's sort of two sides to the to the uh, mental health argument. Like, I think they say, oh, it's, you know, the drinking's no good for mental health anyway. But I don't think they realise how much just a beer with a few mates could make a difference. And I remember there was a proposal put through at the AGM that, that members shouldn't meet at pubs and I remember sat, sat there and I think a couple of weeks before the Yellow Wellies who um, NFYFC had supported in, in different things they did a bit of a mental health thing and they did a video that was basically a load of lads sat around having a pint talking about their mental health and I thought like that's the difference they don't realise sometimes at National that all it is is a few beers that can make so much difference especially to young men in agriculture. That's another argument I'd have. I know I mentioned earlier about changing the age grade. If we as a young farmers organisation, I think our key goal is to protect the mental health of youngsters in this industry. I think the age range of 26 to 30 is far more vulnerable than 10 to 14. Because when you're 10 to 14, you're still very close with your parents. You've still got school. You might have after school clubs. You've got a good group of friends. But when you're 26 to 30, you could be completely on your own. I think I think as an organization, we should be helping that age range far more than practically children. Like b- before COVID hit, Young Farmers was a social organization which was competing with rugby clubs and youth centers and things like that and after school clubs for uh, for membership. But once COVID happened and everything had to go online, I remember saying to Jake, I said, the problem is now, whereas we were competing with rugby clubs and we could compete, we are now competing with Netflix, Amazon, and we are completely out of our depth. We cannot provide entertainment in the ways they can. We're just going to lose membership. So I, I've i said it to Jake, I really worried. And I, I, I said to him, what is the point of Young Farmers going forward? As soon as we started this podcast, Jake, and the messages we started getting off people who... Uh, in the rural community, you know, farming and are really struggling, especially with this. I think it really opened our eyes to not only what we need to do, but what the organization needs to do, because not only is this the most vulnerable industry, I'd say the most vulnerable industry of all, but we are the most vulnerable age group in that most vulnerable industry. And in these massively unprecedented times, you know, it's, 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 it's as bad as it gets. And I think when you actually look back through the year that we've had, you know, what did you do in that day that you would have been at the Royal Welsh? You know, two or three days you'd have been at the Royal Welsh. Like, what have you got to show for those two or three days that you would have had off Mm. having that bit of a refreshment with all your mates? You haven't got anything else to show for that. So, you know, maybe remember that for next year to go, actually, you know, I did go to Royal Welsh last year and, you know, we didn't get anything extra done at home. So well, I think we're very we're very worried as farmers to go, well, we can't have a day off. But then you think of how much more that is important to us to just have a day with your mates and think, right, 
that'll be fine. We can make up that day. I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Steve. It's just so important because that day off could be far more beneficial to people's mindset than, you know, getting a few loads of muck out or, you know, dosing a few sheep, couldn't it? You know, you obviously can't go for a piss up every week. But, you know, those one or two times could be the make or break for a moment. What you're saying is when uh, lockdown's over and me and Jake organise a big night out for all the guests on the podcast, you have got no issue in taking four days off. Absolutely. Two, two, two <laughs> nights out in Cardiff and two to recover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, ready? Yep, ready. Hard-hitting questions. You ready, Steve? Can't talk. Oh, out. yeah. Question. Ooh. 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 Jinx. 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 <laughs> Have you got a written name this time? Or are you just yeah. going to make him up and try and remember him? Uh, the order's been wrong so many times now, we don't even know what is the right order. But anyway. As long as all five questions get said, does it really matter? But- uh, they were supposed to be quick fire at the start, but everyone just goes off on one. But again, question one, most used word or sentence on the farm. Oh, what the fuck's he doing here now? Ask <laughs> oh, that- what I had. Question two, Steve. What is your all-time favourite Cabland classic? I had a lot of thinking about this one. I've gone for Mumford and Sons, Little Lion Man. But it was not your fault but mine And it was your heart on the line I really fucked it up this time Didn't I, my dear? Hearing it on the tractor radio, and then I think it was sort of that year I went to YPV for the first time, and like everyone was singing at the end when it's like, ah, yeah. ah, and it's just wild, isn't it? And of course, when you're in the tractor, you can time it really well. If you pull up alongside someone who's broken something, you can go, I really fucked it up this time. Yeah. <laughs> it Question number three. This is uh, this is for you, Jake. You ready? Yeah, go on. Do four it. legs or four wheels. When it's going really well, you know, when it's a good day, it's got to be four legs. But for the other 364 days of the year, it's probably four wheels to be yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Here we are then, Steve. Net question four. Pit or bales? Pit. Pit, pit's no worry. You can just wrap it up and it's it's done. Like bales, you always get rain like in that evening, just as you're about to wrap them or something like that. Question number five: favorite AGM slogan. I've always liked those sort of um, topical ones, I suppose. Like um, I'll give you a few inches, like the beast from the east, or my standards are as low as the milk price. Like something that's happened that year. Oh, we go, Steve. You ready? Oh, hold on, let me fill it up. 
Well, you, you uh, Henry Weston's again. Yeah, gassy choice. That's it very is. gassy. I opened it about an hour ago, so hopefully the gas has gone a little bit. Are you hoping to beat Toby? Is that your target? Yeah. <laughs> right. Le- left hand, please. Of course. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Right. 8.6. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm trying to think what that is on the leaderboard now. 8.6. You, you, you're sitting at about 6th or 7th. He's quicker than Jacob. That's the main thing. Hey, mate. A lot of people are quicker than me. He's in the European places, shall we say. Yeah, you're, um, you're, you're going for Europa League. Oh, thank God for that. I've been practicing. I, I was thinking, I, I wonder whether Jacob's just got me on just so that I could be slower than him. <laughs> <laughs> that is my plan with a lot of people but no fair play Steve I was um, I was really interesting actually because like I've been a member for 10-12 years and until taking a more serious role I never once thought about what actually goes on at the top table and um, I think everyone should know just for their own sanity know how the, what is happening happening Thank you very much, Steve. Di, do you want to do your spiel? Uh, remember to like, subscribe and leave a review. Um, five stars preferably, but follow <laughs> us on Instagram. It's at Pod. And Steve, I have just given you a little stalk. Thank you. <laughs> at me, Farmer Steve. Your missus wants to keep an eye on you because you're going to have bitches sliding into your DMs left, right and centre. Oh, Christ. Maybe invest in a shitty stick. That's all I'm saying. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you, Jake. Thanks, Di. Thanks, Steve. And thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very much.